Hey, Lizards, Gizmo here. I wanted to share some of the cigars we'll be smoking in May and June, so you can smoke along with us if you'd like. For Cubans, we've got Hoyo de Monterey Double Coronas, Partagas Aliados, H. Upman Half Coronas, and Monte Cristo Open Eagle. And for New Worlds, we've got Davidoff, Winston Churchill, and Bellicoso, Diamond Crown, Julius Caesar, TAA Shark, 2023, Liga Pravada, T-52 in Corona Viva, and Davidoff, Late Hour in Robusto, with much, much more to come. Have a suggestion? Email us. Hello at loungelizardspod.com. That's hello at loungelizardspod.com. All right, boys, let's talk about our presenting sponsor, Fabrica 5. Oh, yeah. It's a handcrafted and artisan story with the strong foundation of Rob Isla from Friends of El Habano and Bon Roberts fame with Hamlet Paredes, Master Blender, and Cuban Cigar Legend. Love you, Rob. They're already fantastically priced, but exclusive to Lizard listeners, they can get 10% off Con Anazo 5-packs and 25-count bundles starting right now. Using code LIZARDN6. That's coupon code LIZARDN6. What is Carlos Anzo says it? <laughs> <laughs> you can get worldwide free shipping as well on all orders over $125 US. The website is Fabrica005.com. That's Fabrica005.com. That's right. The more you buy, the more you save. Exactly. And it's important to note, boys, the Cononazo is the same size. Siglo 6. Siglo 6. Can't wait exactly, to try it. From Cohibo. Oh, yeah. These cigars are crafted and refined by feedback from a hard-nosed tasting panel, the FOH community, and customers. That's How hard-nosed you. were you on that tasting yeah. panel? <laughs> yeah. I was pretty hard-nosed. You know, you are an elite insider. <laughs> Right. Did, did you retrohale? I just want to make sure you did. You can literally jump on the FOH forum right now and post detailed reviews that go straight to the powers that be. And you can tell Gizmo every <laughs> note that you got that he didn't Correct. from the retrohale. And Gizmo likes to get calls at 2 a.m. in bed. <laughs> Be part- <laughs> Become part of the FOH community today. Fabrica 5 is direct from the farm in Honduras to your hand, and they ship out of Miami, so there's no customs nightmare, which is awesome. That's awesome. Oh, Pagoda, you're safe. (laughs) Fair enough, you know. (laughs) Again, use code LIZARDN6, all one word, no space, for 10% off Cononazo, five packs, and 25-count bundles starting right now at Fabrica005.com. That's Fabrica005.com. Free shipping on orders over $125 U.S. Must be 21 years of age or older to order. Fabrica 5. No boxes, no bands, no bullshit. And now, let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Lounge Lizards Podcast. It's so good to have you here. It's a leisure and lifestyle podcast founded on our love of premium cigars, as well as whiskey, travel, food, work, and whatever else we feel like getting into. My name is Gizmo. Tonight, I'm joined by Rooster, Pooba, Senator, Pagoda, Grinder, and Bam Bam, a full house of lizards. And our plan is to smoke a cigar, drink some beer, talk about life, and of course, have some laughs. So take this as your 82nd official invitation to join us and become a card-carrying lounge lizard. Plan to meet us here once a week. We're going to smoke a Cuban cigar tonight, share our thoughts on it, and give you our formal lizard rating. We debate the impact of Cuban factory codes on cigar quality. We do a deep dive on Belgian beer, and we present a conspiracy theory about the release of this cigar and the Cohiba Bihike, all among a variety of other things for the next 90 minutes. So sit back, get your favorite drink, light up a cigar and enjoy as we pair Oma Gang Hennepin Belgian-style farmhouse saison with the Partagas Series E number two. A Robusto Extra from Partagas tonight on the pod, the Series E number two. It's 54 ring gauge by five and a half inches. Mm-hmm. The factory name is the Duke, which we've talked about before. We did the actually we did the Duke Regional Punch by Punch. punch 
And uh, the, another popular one in the same exact size is the Bolivar Soberanos. Mm-hmm. It's identical. But this is actually the only regular production cigar out of the Habanos catalog that is made in this exact size. Very cool. Which is interesting. Yeah. But beautiful cigar, boys. We love Partagas on the pod. We do. Big the al- fans. Alphabet series are all legendary cigars. They are. All right, let's cut this thing. See, we're getting on the cold draw on the wrapper. I haven't had an E2 in a while. Kind of fallen out of love with bigger ring gauge cigars, which is no secret. But I know you guys think I'm crazy. We'll see how this goes tonight. Nice cold draw. Mm. Cold draw is great. I have never had a bad E2. Same. I have not either. I've had a lot of them. Same. Yeah. I just don't love the the mouthfeel of that ring gauge, you know? A lot of directions I can go with that. (laughs) (laughs) So what are you guys getting on the cold draw? A slight dessert notes I'm getting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A little vanilla, a little cedar maybe? Cedar, yeah. Definitely Mm. cedar. Like sweet cedar. It's pleasant. Yeah. Yeah, it tastes like a humidor. Yeah. All right, boys. Let's light this thing. The Partagas, Series E, number two, out of Cuba. Again, it's 54 ring gauge by five and a half inches long. Beautiful cigar. Dark oily wrapper. And uh, I've been actually really looking forward to this cigar on the pod. You know, we've done a lot of Partagas. Certainly, I think it's the cigar, the, the, the marker that we've done the most cigars from. It takes a while to light it with yeah. your single flame lighter. Yes, it does. Yeah. It's, it's called a number two, but it's not a pyramid. It is not. Yeah, that's what's actually bizarre to me. There's only this and there's a Bolivar number two um, are like the only ones that are not pyramids. Let me look this up because I was looking at this. I don't know why they create this. Con- well, we know why they create confusion. That's what Habano Sese does. But it's the <laughs> Bolivar Especialis number two. That and this are the only number twos that are not pyramids. Is that a regular production Bolivar? I'm not sure it's a Lancero, actually. That can't wow. be. That can't be in regular production. Maybe it's. Not. I haven't seen that. I've never heard of Bolivar that. Lancero. Bolivar Especialis Number Two. Look it up. It's Lancero. I will. Because well, yeah. Well, Monte Cristo makes an Especialis. That's a. It's like a. a uh, is that a Lancero? It's a Lancero. Lancero. Yeah. Yeah. We should do it. Mm. This is really nice on the light, boys. This is awesome. I've never had any two. Really? Wow. wow. You're in for a treat. Mm-hmm. Me too. The thing that Senator always says is that when he wants to be a chimney after a rough day, this is the cigar you go to. This is the cigar every single time. I mean, for me, uh, I'm not in Giz's camp where I don't like, I, I think you kind of dislike 54 ring gauge sticks. I'm, I don't feel that way, but where I guess we have something in common is I don't reach for them as often as I do Robustos or other sizes. But after a long day, when you just want a lot of smoke output, this, a QD54, anything 54 ring gauge, you really get that. But for some reason to me, the, the Partagas E2, I get the Dude, most combustion of any 54 ring we gauge. We just lit up and the room is already full of smoke. <laughs> yeah. And that's not that's not a lie. Yeah. It's no, right it's here. It's definitely. For the listener, it's full of smoke. Yeah, yeah this is definitely. This, this cigar time. right away brings me to Puba's deck. Yeah. 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 Oh, <laughs> yeah. that. That that evening we played golf and we got there and I think it was you had the E twos out of a five pack. It was a well, that's the funny thing. It was thing. a five LUB five pack fourteen. Yeah. So they they only come in uh, semi boy nature five count or the twenty five. I've only bought them in box of twenty five. 
But like you're saying, when we were in Puba's yard, he had that five yeah. count. That was amazing. But they come in, they come in tubos. They come in tubos too. Tubos that they released well. later. Yeah. So the, right. this basically the cigar was released in 2011 at the right. Habanos Festival, Gizmo's favorite event every year. He'll be back <laughs> every year. <laughs> and uh, when they when they released it, it was just the five count and 25 in the semi boy nature. Then in 2016, they came out with the tubos in the uh, the little cartons of three, Cardboard 15 packs. total. Yeah, and those I, guys, those um, you get your hands awesome. on them, man. That's what. The, that's the, the only e- tubes, tubes I have. Is yeah. super duper delicious, but they're f- also they're so pristine. The wrappers are perfect. There's yeah. no imperfections in the tubos. I find. I find there's no. I don't find much of a difference here, but the um, these are uh, something about the tube when they touch sometimes. Sometimes when the when they the tube just makes a difference. I'm not sure exactly. Maybe it's because it's so close to the cedar, because mm. <clears throat> it's a cedar lined tube. But um, I've had that that experience with 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 uh, epi twos. I've had good experience in tubes, and particularly with e twos, I've had good experience with tubes. Mm. Tubes so, are great on they the are. on the group today on the Facebook group. Somebody posted. It was having an E2. It was a 2022, mm. and he said it was fantastic. It's not surprising. About it. Yeah. Not surprising. Well, it's we've been a good run. We've talked, we've about, talked about, that. about that. Yeah, These young are pretty good. Yeah. Age, they just get better. Yeah. I got to say, the presentation, uh, when Puba had that five-count Sammy Boyd Nature Box, there's something really classy elegant sexy about the presentation in the five count wooden box it's beautiful i just love the how you know that what it looks is? it's a perfect little gift for somebody yes it, the size is awesome it's yeah. very sexy yeah, and the wooden box is cool because yeah. it's a small wooden box it's so cool yeah it's really cool this is a revelation oh there you go i had a feeling you were gonna love this cigar i'm surprised you have never had this well, you know they're, they they're not like ubiquitous. Yeah. So yeah. this cigar is not it's not especially, it's not super easily sourced. Yeah. They don't make a ton of them, um, especially now. I'll tell you what though, I'm really I'm really struggling to pinpoint the tasting notes. Really? <laughs> and it, but I love them. <laughs> to me, this is to me this is the uh, the cousin of the D4. I think they're very much in line with one another blend wise. Um, I think this is a little bit more desserty. It's more sourdough, more creamy and cedar. It's a lot more cedar. Creamy and a little sweeter. You don't get much spice on this cigar like you do that like baking spice in a D4. Who said sourdough? I did. I think that's right on the money Yeah, for me. And one of the things I really enjoy, yeah, you're totally sourdough, yeah. And one of the things I enjoy about this, save versus the P2, and I don't, we don't, we don't have to go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> I was waiting for someone uh, to mention that. this. Um, this <laughs> for the listener, we had a we had a war off air yeah, last but, week but, about the P2. Buckle up, this is about to be a three-hour episode. I think it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we're not going to do it tonight. Well, right. the, the the P2, t- in in my view, is a stronger smoke. It's more of a harrow heavy in the blend, or in the ratio rather. So I agree with the that. ratio of Lajaro in the P2. Um, I think is is higher than it is than the primings in in the filler in this cigar, and I think that this, for my palate, really it it, it really hits all the notes. I mean, if I could kind of get more of them and easier, and if I wasn't as lazy, um, I would like to. Um, but I just haven't been able to score a box that easily. I haven't seen many of these at all. No, recently. You recently. know what I mean? Yeah. Recently, I think I got it. What's that? You know those. Um, has, have you guys flown Delta? Yeah. yeah. You know those cookies they give you? Oh, the, a Stroop waffle. No. 
That's Fox. United. That's United. United. That's United. <laughs> that's United. That's, that's what they Those give are us. good, though. We're yeah. such losers. Yeah. Yeah. Stro- what the hell are we talking no, about? No, no, that cookie's Those United. Are Those are that's good, from though. Lufthansa, which is their partner. That's <laughs> yes. what yes. The, the stro- Stroopwafel is very oh, delicious. Sorry. Uh, yes, let me correct you with my Dutch. Uh, I, knew, I knew that was coming. Yeah. You're going to have to tell me how to spell that in the, the episode description. The... Uh, you know, it's like a, it's like this biscuit. It's like a, I think it might be called a biscuit on the wrapper, but it's like this brown biscuit. It's is del- it in a red and white package? It is. Oh, that's what they serve in America. Biscoff. Biscoff. Yeah, yeah oh, that's Biscoff. on American flights. They sell those at Costco as well. There you go. Those massive. massive I'm getting. You're an American flyer and you didn't even know it. I'm Co- getting Costco some, owns Delta. Biscoff. <laughs> Biscoff cookie. Yeah. I'm yeah. getting some Biscoff cookie. I think you're totally on the money. I like yeah. it. And with that, I think you know. Obviously, we're we're drinking that. We're gonna have this with beer tonight, but with scotch, with beer, sure, with coffee. It's a home run. This cigar is a home Should run. Should we do some beer? Can we do that? Yeah, let's yeah. do it. Dude. So uh, we're pairing with this the uh, Omegang Hennepin, which is a farmhouse Saison Ale. And uh, the brewery is actually not too far from us. It's uh, in Cooperstown, New York, where cool. the uh, Baseball really? Hall of Fame is. Nice. And uh, there's a little story how I got into Omegang. So I visited uh, Belgium for the first time in maybe... 2014 somewhere around there and um i didn't know what to expect i was not that excited to visit brussels i thought it would be relatively boring i was in paris london munich before that which i thought would be more exciting brussels was the sleeper for me i think it's one of the most underrated cities in europe and i was with a coworker of mine who is a huge belgian beer fan and i like beer but i'm not as passionate about beer as i am wine or, or scotch or, or other things so um, we did a kind of beer tour through Brussels, all these amazing breweries, and I got really into Belgian beer from that trip. So I come home, and like any of us, when we go on a trip, it's like we come back to Cuba. What do we want to drink? Cuban rum. I come back from Brussels. What am I craving? Belgian beer. And so some places have some good stuff that you can buy. So I was able to find that. But I was just curious if there were any American breweries that like made something close to real Belgian-style beer. And my coworker had recommended Omegang. And there's a really cool story. So Omegang, um, first the name, I mean, this is like a very, I think Puba thought it was, uh, what did you think the name was earlier? What did oh, I say? Doppelganger. 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 <laughs> I was just joking. Yeah. I was like, what is that doppelganger? <laughs> so I have, I had no idea what this even means, but there's actually a story behind this. So uh, when the uh, Roman emperor visited Brussels in 1549, locals lined up around the city walls and they had a celebration as the entourage passed by. And the parade became known as the Omegang, which apparently means coming together and walking about. Um, this is what happens, by the way, when Senator and Grinder go to D.C. <laughs> it's a big parade. <laughs> but that's what I said. I said uh, doppelganger is yeah. is uh, a double person, so two people who go. And that, but that's the German. He's talking about the low low Prussian Dutch mm. or low low German Dutch. Uh, so then as far as like how the brewery came to be, the Belgian breweries, uh, Duvel, that I'm sure we're all familiar with, um, and uh, a bunch of others, they wanted to build an authentic Belgian-style uh, farmstead brewery. They picked Cooperstown to do it. They built it on a 140-acre hop farm in the Susquehanna Valley. Only 140? Just 140. <laughs> Jesus. And their whole thing was to try to bring like true Belgian-style beer produced in america mm. and from any belgian beer drinkers i know they swear this is as close as it gets having drank a lot of belgian beer in mm. belgium this is the closest thing i found to it i, I love this uh the hennepin for me is like 
kind of slots year round. I love it at, at really almost any time, but they make a bunch of different beers. Like one of their heavier ones, it's a, a, a Belgian quad. Uh, Three Philosophers is a very good one. They have mm. an Abbey Ale. Uh, this is Hennepin. Um, they, they do have, have a, a cool website. Oh, lot, really? I haven't even... A lot of options. Mm. They make a lot. Yeah, they do. Yeah. What's the difference between a Belgian beer and... Grind, grinder? <laughs> um, well, there's not as... A Belgian beer and what, though? Well, is it... Is I it thought like it was made in Belgium. Is it like a lager? Or? I mean, here, here's... So, so <laughs> this is... is most can, Bel- I, can I give like the very dumb version and then yeah, you make sure. give the smart version? Uh, mine's probably <laughs> dumb as so, well. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's going to be way smarter than what I'm saying. It, to me, the very dumb version. So I mentioned I was in Munich, Germany, right before I was in Brussels. And in Munich, I went to the Hofbrauhaus and you drink all this German beer. German beer is super light. You have to drink gallons of it to even get a buzz. And mm. it's warm. Isn't it room no, temperature? No, room no, temperature. No, no, no. Depends on depends. where you are in Germany. It depends. Uh, that's yeah. true. It's very true. Yeah. Um, and so it's just very, very light, like many of the lagers that we would be familiar with. You go to Brussels and anywhere in Belgium. Belgian beer is is higher alcohol. It's drank in smaller quantities because it's higher alcohol, and um, it's just a richer, fuller drinking experience. So like. You know, when you you pour the beer, and I remember this a woman who was leading this beer tour around Brussels, and it's very important that you have like a really thick, creamy head on the beer, um, and there's just like so much flavor and so many notes that you get in these beers, where like a lot of other beers are like very simple and meant to just be enjoyed in quantity, right? Like you would have a you you would sling back like six German beers and you'd feel great, like. You have six of these, you're gonna feel. Oh, you're gonna, you're gonna feel it. Yeah, it, oh, lo- yeah. it, lo- it looks. I would thicker. Say, I would say that you know it there's, seems like denser. Than it is. The, it is. So it is. I would say the biggest difference is that by tradition, Belgian beer is traditionally bottle fermented ale. German beer is traditionally um, uh, uh, top fermented lagers, so it's a lot of pilsners. And one of the differentiators there is that these are the two countries that proliferated beer and beer culture around the world. Uh, German beer is um, obliged by the Reinhardtsgebot, which is you can only have four ingredients to beer, and that's the only way you can make beer. And then they have different variations. And Germans always say, well, what do, what's the difference of, of beer across Germany? Well, it's in the water. So the water from Hamburg is different from Cologne versus Dusseldorf versus Munich versus wherever. Which is a little bit of BS, but they... It's kind of like bagels around here. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But Belgian beer is traditionally ale, um, bottle fermented, um, and it's, as a result, a lot of the sugars get more uh, compounded and there's there's more alcohol as a result. Um, And because of that bottle fermentation, there's a lot more carbonation and um, they're not obliged by a Reinhardtsgebot. Uh, so they have some more flexibility in adding different spices to their beer, for example. So that's where you get a lot of those complex and nuanced flavor profiles that he was speaking about. Mm. The fact that it's also bottle fermented just adds that extra layer of complexity and it makes it kind of more viscous. Hmm. So they actually add flavors? Well, they're not adding... No, no, it's not it's adding spices. flavors, it's but like spice. they're adding yeah. they're adding different spices or, you know, they'll put some coriand- the coriander in there or or stuff like that. So well, like... Coriander's right on the money with this guy a bit so for me. Like you look at... I mean, to he was talking about one of the first uh, Belgian-style breweries. It's actually... Allagash is kind of like the first one mm-hmm. in That's America. 
um and nice i think beer. i think those guys in belgium say look at we 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 are we make belgian beer <laughs> we're the, <laughs> the belgians and um and Allegish has some good belgian style stuff like their belgian triples actually very it's good. delicious well i mean yeah. they're, they're I, I i visited that brewery and it's a phenomenal experience and they are so welcoming whoever if you ever get a chance to go up there and and visit that brewery strong recommend um and one of the best beers i've ever had was a uh, they called it table beer, and it, it's not something they marketed. They just made it, and it was just this very simple. Uh, it was an ale, but it was a darker ale. It was a it was lower alcohol. It was so easy drinking. They make a lot of different beers. Uh, the Algash White is that what it's called? Algash yeah, Algash White. That it, that was kind of like the the first beer in America that was Belgian style that really took hold, and that's still like their best. That's like their premier mark. You know their premier. Uh, you know, Marca or whatever. Um, but, but, uh, this Saison is delicious. I mean, Saisons are predominantly from Liege. They're is that very, what this is? This is a Saison, yeah. I okay. think. I, yeah. Is, yeah. is that what you said? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Nice. Um, and, you know, they have, um, I'm not really like, it's, it's, it's of the season. I think it's really just like, that's the kind of style of, brewer, of, of beer that they have. Um, there might be specific i think there's there's less of a certain kind of barley that they put in it that mm. makes it that alters the fermentation slightly i, I got to i got to say sorry the both the cigar and the beer have an incredibly beautiful dessert finish yeah. and they're both long on the finish i capture the dessert note in the cigar of course through the retrohale but on the beer on the finish it's beautiful beautiful dessert and i get that coriander you get that. And the other thing for me is like, I think the E2 has a little bit of a creaminess, especially as that, you smoke that's it right. further along. Yeah. And this beer, I mean, you almost just like kind of swirl in your mouth before you like really taste it. It's got a creamy finish to yeah. it. Yeah, it's what, a fantastic what, pairing. What I like about it is um, it's kind of a retired beer drinker. I don't drink as much beer as I used to. Mm. Um, I, but I used that. to Retired. <laughs> I used to drink a lot of beer. Um, what I kind of like about this is that it's... Um, it's hoppy, but it's not like India Pale Ale hoppy. No. It's like round. Like you definitely taste the hops in it, but you're not getting this like, not that that like an India, like an IPA is is bad. It just, I think an IPA would like almost overpower the cigar. Yeah, definitely. Where there's this hoppy note and it's great. It kind of tells you that it's there, but it's so rounded out that I think it's very, very and pleasant think, and balanced. And I think the other thing that's missing versus an IPA is like the citrus citrus heavy this is true type of flavor yeah that's the thing i mean but but puba on the the hoppy piece i think it's an important note like that's one of the things that's like very different from i mean really all like european beer um but especially belgian beer like you are never going to have a belgian beer that is like aggressively hoppy that is like the antithesis of kind of the belgian style but you taste it you taste it a little bit, but it's not. There's nothing bitter about this. No, like you're no. getting dessert notes on the finish, but Puba you're that creaminess. He makes a good point about the IPAs in general. You do get a little bit of bitterness depending on the IPA, but you I get would a, not a lot of bitterness. Yeah, the IPA. This, I would not have a little. Extremely a balanced. It's yeah. excellent. But, but, yeah. but I can taste the hops in here. Yeah. Oh, I can taste like an ale. I'll tell you what. You know? I I don't taste hops. Not really? at all. Uh, I don't get yeah. any hops. To me, it's faint. It's not. Any I don't get. I, this is you know, this is for me. I think I swear I, it has to be some kind of combination or ratio of the the malt versus barley mm -hmm. because it's I think that's what drives it, um, and 
Saisons are actually traditionally low alcohol. So I don't know what the alcohol is on this, actually. But I do know that modern Saisons are Low kind of, for Belgian. This is Puba 7. rated. 7.7. Yeah, 7. so it's 7.7. That's, yeah. Puba, that's like, Puba rated. Yeah, I mean, the, <laughs> the, the, like American stuff we drink is at like 3 4%. <laughs> it. Yeah. So it's like this is, I mean, Grinder's right. It is on the lower end, but that just tells you how high the alcohol content can get in a lot of Belgian beers. I mean, it's not uncommon to drink a beer that's like 10, 12% yeah, alcohol even. Right. Duval, it's, which is my favorite. Is, what is that's that? a great beer too. That might be seven and a half. Seven, actually, seven, I don't seven. know what it is, but it's awesome. awesome. That is the that is the in my view, that is the pinnacle of Belgian beer. That Orval is a tremendous bottle fermented beer. Um, and big, the summer bigger, Hogan, bigger bottles, right? No, they're small. They're small bottles, which, which but they all, they make them all in like bigger, bigger wine size. So bottles. what are, what are the mainstream? There's Duvel, but what are the mainstream Belgian beers that are like not? Uh, well, the most mainstream is Stella Artois. Yeah, but that's oh, a that's very, okay. it's like drinking, but that's Leuven. I mean, that's not uh, even. I mean, that's, that's not a lager. It's pissy it's a lager, beer. It's a lager. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it is in, one of the in best Belgium, tasting. It's great. Lager. It's I'm great. Not oh, no, no. I love Stella. No. Just so we're clear, I'm not exaggerating. Yeah. If you visit Belgium, you will not find Stella anywhere. No. They don't drink it. They it's don't respect export. it. You know where they have a lot of Stella, Bam? Patterson. Yeah. So, they do. The thing is, <laughs> but I mean, like, I mean like Duval, like traditional Belgian. Like so if you I went to say, Pastis, they have, I remember at Pastis. Hey, I was born in Patterson, man. Duval on tap. I'm a P-Town man. Hogan in the summer. The famous Belgian Pistro in Chelsea. I remember they'd have Duval on tap, but what are the other ones that people drink? I would say, I would say Grimbergen's pretty popular. There's one we're missing that's like just almost as popular as Duval. Um, Chimay. Chimay. Chimay is obviously like, oh, that one. You see yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Chimay is probably the, the, the Chimay Blue is very, is a very like oh, premier brand, but uh, Duvel or Vol, Delirium. Delirium is actually wonderful because it's a newer brewery uh, from, well, newer. It's still like so, 1970s or something. Funny thing about Delirium. So when you're in Brussels, uh, Delirium that, has this like the best. huge, <laughs> huge, huge, uh, like, it's a complex. It's a maze, it actually. I, I, it's actually I don't know a maze. if you should call it a bar. I mean, it's just, it's, it's insane. It has got the single largest collection of distinct beers of anywhere in the world. That's cool. Wow. I went there when I was in Brussels. It's unbelievable. Awesome. You have You will never seen more different beers anywhere. It's, and it's, it's crazy. It's, it's, the funny thing is, for how, for how much acclaim it gets, you go there, and it's not like it's a tourist trap. No, like, you're right. It's like, <laughs> it was like, it was oddly low crowds. And everyone's telling us to go there, and I'm showing like, okay, it's gonna be like the, the worst. And it was like so chill. We we're sitting in this alleyway outside of it. I'm like, this is so inconspicuous. It's so low key, and I think that adds to the appeal of the experience as well. But Delirium makes a wonderful beer. The Tremens is so so freaking good. The and that, number one. And is that a that's a tradi- that's like an older Belgian beer? It's an it's a newer brewery, newer ish, but it's 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 definitely a very traditional Belgian style. And the number names, one the name time. seems so modern. Oh, it's Delirium. it was Latin. Yeah. I mean No, but I mean I don't I don't know. It just seems like it would be but yeah, so that's been around for a while. Not as long as some of these others. I mean, these these. I mean, the 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 traditional Belgian brands that I mentioned, like Duvel's been. They were they they've been around when they were abbeys and monasteries. I mean, they were that's and that's (laughs) that's where all the money was going, and they would have to they would they would also brew the beer for the population. So, like, is Duvel still like? Is it still privately owned, or is it part of? It's got to be some big huge conglomerate because it's so widely distributed. it It might be owned by AB. 
I'm yeah. not sure. Mm. Oh, re- oh, by Anheuser Busch. If not, it's, it's not, it's not AB actually. In Bev, AB in Bev. Someone was telling me, I forget who it was. Maybe it was you, Senator. That one of the hardest things to do in making beer is when you're yeah. making beer in these large quantities and to be consistent. Uh, American with light it. beer because you cannot hide you cannot hide it with other ingredients. Yeah, yeah. right. It's pure. and it has to be consistent. Right. Yeah, you can't you, when you when you have that and and it's a very specific alcohol content. Yeah, minimal to, minimal ingredients. But it like, would it, would, a, would it like a brand like Duvel? I mean, they in, in, at scale, it's probably pretty hard to make. Uh, I mean, well, no, yeah. this, well, I mean, they—they're they, all hard to make. But what we were saying on another episode about light beer, light beer is harder to make. Like this stuff is easier, sure. but it's still not easy, right? It's still it's not easy. I would yeah. say on scale they can certainly do it, but you're you're displacing some of the traditional supply chain operations because you're bottle fermenting the beer as opposed to using large vat industrial vats. Mm. The last thing I want to say about Belgian beer, and then we should get back to the cigar. Yes. Oh, yeah. um, one of the things that this ties to a topic we've talked about on a prior episode that I very much appreciated is as I'm going on this beer tour through Brussels, uh, the woman leading it was militant. And you will see this at every bar you go in Belgium. You go to an American bar and order a beer, whatever the most the nearest clean glass is, that's what they're going to pour it in. You could order a Stella and they're going to pour it in a glass that says Bud Light on it, right? Like they don't care. In Belgium, it is like a crime to not to you have to pour whatever the brand is you're drinking. If you're drinking Chimay, it is meant to be served in a special Chimay glass that has certain dimensions that is meant to make enhance the, be, enhance the aroma it, yeah. and make sure the beer opens up in exactly the right way, not too much or, or too little. Mm. Um, all of their beers, like they're huge on stemware, and they're in these beautiful glasses. Like they're not. They're like, taking it seriously. They so, are. That's Senator, the Senator was at home. Do you know why? Do you know why? <laughs> because back in the day, in the 13, 14, and 1500s, they couldn't rely on a sophisticated supply chain. So you had these fat monks making their own fucking glasses, <laughs> and as a result, the brand of the glassware they developed their own specific glassware and stemware. So that was associated with this 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 saison from Liege or this uh, lager from Leuven or whatever. So they had very specific, mod, you know, monastery branded glasses. Mm. But also, but then that transformed itself into like, oh, but it's you know, we're amplifying this, we're doing yeah, cause, this because it, it has utility. I mean, that's the thing. Like for me, yeah. as I'm experiencing all this and tasting these beers, like if you pour a lager in a glass. There's no tremendous nose that you get from a lager, right? A lager is a pretty straightforward, oh, I love it smelling and tasting beer. I love a good. I'm not criticizing. I'm just saying it's a straightforward mm-hmm. beer. These Belgian beers have so much flavor and the aroma that you get. It's like a wine glass wow. almost. You're so, drinking them out of, and so you're able to have that more sensory experience that that extends. This is a complex beer. It is. I get not that. A straightforward I get everything beer. you just said out yeah. of the red solo cup. <laughs> no problem. No problem. Yeah, Gizmo's so, out. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, th- I think, I, in my view, I think the whole, the whole, uh, I think it's a little gimmicky. In my view, I think, I don't think it really does that much. I think if it does anything, it's so minute. Uh, but it's fun and it's part of the experience, and I love that. And th- the Germans actually kind of borrowed that a little bit. I don't know what came first, the chicken or the egg. I mean, the Germans but like drink if you out have, of like giant steins. No, 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 no. Gallons of that's beer. incorrect. The they southern, do it at the Hofbrau House. The southern, I was there in Munich. I've seen that. The southern Germans will drink out of large steins. We'll get 
but but the northern germans drink out of small glasses and they drink like if you go to cologne it's like very small glasses it's got to be cold and they'll you'll finish your beer and they'll fill it fill fill it up immediately and that's their style it has to be cold and in the south of germany they're going to drink warm beer out of these large steins and it's going to be disgusting and there's like backwash and shit oh jesus oh boy okay (laughs) <laughs> onward. Let's, go, let's get back onward. to the cigar. Onward. Yeah. <laughs> let's get back to something great. Mm. And we're coming to the end of the first third here of the Partigas Series E number two. This is delicious, boys. So good. This is like, wow. So yeah. good. It's really incredible. It's yeah. fantastic. Creamy Look at the cedar. smoke. Yeah. I just... Yeah. They're amazing. It's... It's... I, it's... It's one comforting. Of my fa- it's really one of my favorite this, cigars. This is really in my power alley right now, guys. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to tell you right now, this is going to be... You know the cool thing about this it's cigar? Fantastic. It's It's always been It's fantastic. a very yeah, it's like always been the, a, a a staple, but it's very comforting because of the combustion, the way it draws. I've never had a plugged E2, and every E2 has been delicious and, and consistent. I wish they made a 50 cap. <laughs> in every <laughs> thing, good cigar. The yeah. thing I love about this cigar like it, it, there's nothing in here that's like aggressive in terms of flavor delivery. Like it's very medium, but the flavor is it, it just kind of coats your mouth and yeah. like it, it's it's so present that to me it's it's like I think Puba was saying the the beer is like very well balanced. To me, the cigar is really well balanced where y- you're not wanting more, but you're not getting anything aggressive or mm. too much. It's just perfect. Yeah, yeah. It's great. <laughs> Here's, it's so I have a great cigar. <laughs> I have a question for you guys. Now, let's really narrow this down. Okay. I don't want to go into the whole portfolio. But for a listener out there who loves a D4, which we've pointed listeners to over and over and over again as a staple Cuban Robusto, what can what should someone who smokes a D4 or likes a D4, what can they expect out of an E2 when they reach for that? As you know, compare contrast. I'm curious. Just what oh, you guys it's think. not this cigar is not a, not quite as spicy as a uh as a d4 and when i say spicy i don't i mean cinnamon cinnamon and also d4s can have a little bit of a peppery note to them in 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 the last third um you may get there with the c2 but but it's certainly not the d4 um in my view packs a little bit can pack a little bit more of a punch but they're different animals. Yeah. I, I, I think if you like a D4, you're definitely going to like an E2. Yep, yep. I think that an E2 is this this kind. This is a great cigar in the spring or the summer. I it's 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 a medium to Senator's point. It's a medium body to fair, and and uh, there's dessert flavors that are that are very forward. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but it doesn't really leave you wanting a whole lot. The combustion's so good. The draw is so good. The construction, the burn, um, and the whatever the primings are that they're using in her, uh, in this in the smoke are premium. Mm-hmm. I think Puba is spot on. Totally. To me, obviously, the D four is my favorite Cuban cigar. Period. I think it's impossible if you like a D four not to love an E two. And to me, in the Alphabet series, the natural progression is if you've started with a D4 and love a D4, mm-hmm. like this is next. Like yeah. I would smoke this before I would a P2 because yeah. I think what Puba said earlier, like there's a lot more Lejero in a P2. Mm-hmm. It's going to pack more of a punch. 
this cigar is just so even keeled. Yeah. Like it, it, it offends nobody. I, I can't really think of a Cuban cigar smoker that likes a D4 that wouldn't like this. To me, it's yeah. not possible. From the point of view of the size, it's like the bigger brother of the D4, um, but with more dessert notes. Yeah, yeah. Right. I, I think when I when I I'm smoking this cigar and I'm I'm loving it so much, and I think about my experience with similar cigars like a QD54. And how much I love that cigar. And there are elements of that cigar that sometimes want, you know, it has me wanting more. And I feel like this E2 is delivering that extra, that, that, mm-hmm. am, that ambition that I had, that I have with the QD, where I love the QD so much. And I just, I just wanted to drive a little harder. This is, this is fucking hitting them. Hitting it the has a little more body. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. has a little more body. It just, and it has, and, that in combination, I believe, with just the you know the honestly, construction of mm-hmm. it and and the size is actually I was about to go there. The size is really a great size. You get um, that satisfaction, I think, from the ring gauge. You do, but I mean, what Grinder's saying, right, is he's comparing it to the QD fifty four. They're the same exact size. That's a different. But I cigar. agree with him. Like you get just a bit more sure out of this flavor wise, where you are fully satisfied, not oh, yeah. wanting anything else. Oh, yeah. Where the QD fifty four, I love that too. But there are times, like Grinder's saying, like you just want a little bit more out of that cigar that it doesn't necessarily. But I, have. I also think that that parallels with just Partagas in general. For, you know, yeah. and, and Kaidorse. Yeah, you're. Getting, you know, it's just kind of Partagas just delivers mm. just that little bit more, at least for our palates. I think you're getting you're getting the Partagas DNA in this thing that just is just part that is part of us that salty minerally balanced with the balance with the dessert flavors and and this ratio um that they're putting together for this and maybe it's a maybe the primings are maybe it's so scarce because the primings are hard to put together to get it right i'm hypothesizing but that's you're getting all of that it just it's delivered in just a very distinct way. It's not a P2, it's not a D4, it's not an 898, but it's got kind of all that DNA in this larger ring gauge that's delivers a lot of smoke, a lot of combustion. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's a it's a really really wonderful experience for me. Mm-hmm. I think I think all of the cigars that he just mentioned are, you know, you can kind of, you know, draw a line through them all. And I think there's no exception here with the E2. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, Pagoda, you you smoke a lot of D4s. Yeah. How, how are you feeling about this? So in this one, I, I totally feel like, um, you know, in terms of satisfaction, it may be because either it's a very long finish or my mouth's fully coated. I don't know what it is. I think it's both. But it's, um, it's, it feels like the flavor is just being persistent in my mouth as opposed to, in a lot of cigars, I think sometimes you feel like you're craving more is with the idea that it kind of has a shorter finish or it doesn't linger that long. I'm mm. like, I'll tell you what, I, I typically don't like a, like a super long finish, but I think the finish of this cigar actually aligns very nicely with the finish of the beer. I think that's helping. Well, yeah. it is a it's good a pairing. creamy finish. Yeah. That's yeah. what I. It's delivered in such yeah. a refined right. way. Yeah. That's what I right. love about right. it. That's right. it, it. There's a viscosity to the smoke because you're getting so much of it. Mm-hmm. I think that may have something to do with it. You're getting so much of it, and it the blend is so good that it's coating your whole mouth. And uh, and I think that has a lot to do with it. <laughs> you know, we've been smoking a lot of these um, smaller ring gauge cigars, and they deliver that kind of like pointed. Is there's like a pointed delivery to those, 
this is this is just a different experience. It gives you kind of less of that. It's a it's a great change of pace. It, yeah. it makes you it makes you really like like second not second guess, but like reevaluate or maybe appreciate the merits of a larger ring gauge. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Like I Absolutely. hope that guys in this room can relate. Like everybody knows. <laughs> like you, you see the photo. I'll say like I've had a long day. I'm in chimney mode, and I usually send a photo with like an E2 or sometimes a QD54. Like. There's nothing better than when you just want to immerse yourself in a cigar, like in the most sensory way possible, which is just clouds of smoke billowing totally. everywhere. Like this totally. is what you want. Totally. In your head. Mm-hmm. So totally. here, so I, I'm going to be, I'm the dissident in the room, as as we know this, right? We know that. <laughs> There's no question about always, that. <laughs> not always, but tonight. So uh, you know, I don't love how this feels in the hand. You've run away from this cigar. Uh, I have. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah. I'll you buy know. your boxes. Yeah, me too. Me too. Actually, no, this, I already have dibs. This box that we're smoking whoa, tonight. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Everybody calm down. I got dibs. This box that we're smoking <laughs> tonight, Bam bought for me about a year and a half ago. That's right. And they've been kept beautifully. Yeah. In in, yeah. in a tupper door. <laughs> no. In Bam Bam's tower. But, you know, I just, I don't love the mouthfeel of the 54. I don't love how it feels in the hand. It feels bulky to me. Now, I'm not going to look at the rating. For what this is, It's it's killer. Well, you have I some, just don't reach for it. You have small hands. I'm about to close a deal right now. <laughs> Thank you. This is fucking great. I mean, come on. I don't like the... I, I, I'm, I'm just gonna, telling I'm going to push right, look, back Gizmo, a little, if this man. Is, if, this I mean, is too, if this is too big for your small hands, <laughs> we're going exactly. to get you that pipe that our friend Roberto in Cuba <laughs> yes. had, and you can smoke it from a pipe. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, Perfect. I, I, this is... I, 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 what To me... There's no, there's very little not to like about what this 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 mm. smoke delivers. Absolutely. I'm only complaining about I just the size in general is just not for me. It it's actually me. feels very good in your hand. I love the way it oh, feels. Yeah. feels very I feel good. ready the, to the go. Reason, maybe, so maybe yes. you're not holding it correctly, Hismo. <laughs> yeah, no, no. But very seriously, what Rooster said, like I, I was, I thought I was crazy about this, and as I was just reading, like how some other people feel about this cigar, people note this, and I think this is what Rooster's getting at. This cigar, Bam said earlier, has never had a plug D2. I mm-hmm. haven't either. I don't know how you could even find one. They're relatively loosely packed. It's actually mm-hmm. for how big the cigar is. It's that's light. It's light. And that's I'll a merit. You, it's Guys, a merit. It's a huge merit. Because if this were a really densely packed cigar at this size, I think the mouthfeel would be problematic. Mm-hmm. I think it wouldn't feel great in the hand. And it would but be plugged. But it's so light and elegant yeah. despite its size. I think it's actually great in the like, hand. Like what? The highly most highly rated cigar is up on two? the podcast, like an Upman too. <laughs> it's, true. it's true. I I think I think you know some people just aren't used to handling that much girth. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I resent the implication. I think, I, I think the most <laughs> of you. All right, I'm not <laughs> saying it. With them. I <laughs> think <laughs> Senator makes a great point, though. It's a great point. The construction of the cigar is direct. It's impeccable. And its performance. But that what he's saying though is 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 a very very good point, in that the way that th- we're half I'm halfway done with this. If this was a Lancero, we'd be still in the first third. This thing burns. It, it's the combustion is look great. how excited he is. The draw is it. fantastic. <laughs> the smoke output is fantastic. The, the flavors line, are the great. Burn is razor sharp. The burn is razor sharp. It's the performance. So, like for me, I have. I'm I have, saying that, that he's right. This is meant 
it's not so tightly packed that you're like it's by design. fighting it. It's by you don't want to work. You it don't want to work design. for this, right? Though you don't want to work for it. You're, you're this you're is not to, to his point at all. You're you're like I just I I I fucking had a day. I had a mm-hmm. day. Whether it was a, a fucking phenomenal story. day or a shitty day, this is going to be easy to smoke and it's going right, to. Yeah. So we have to do it now. We Uh-oh. have to do it now. Accountability what? hour. We have to do it now. <laughs> what is it? All right. This is going to be the question to every lizard. If you could light an E2 or a P2. Oh, shit. Which would you pick? Come on. We all know what the answer is. Let's say I walk in and I have each in my hand. It's six E2s, one P2. Which which would you take? We'll start with Rooster. E2. E2. Me, E2. First time I'm smoking this, E2. Bam, bam. I don't like the question. (laughs) Just answer it. How hard is it? Because I love both cigars. If you have to pick one, which one would you prefer? He won't credit credit the merits of the question. If the P2 is five years old, I'll smoke that. No, if they're both the same age. The E2. Okay, and and, uh, Pagoda. E2. Gizmo? P2, baby. All right, so like I said, you're yeah. on an island. I know I'm just I am. Sure that's island. I said that. I know I'm the sole dissident tonight. The thing I is, we just need the listener to witness it. Uh, a young, so, a young, a young so P2. I have a proposal for you. I have a proposal for you. I have boxes of P2s. I don't have boxes of E2s to trade you. <laughs> I'm sorry. Bam Bam, you were saying? <laughs> that was too obvious. <laughs> I like where your head was, though. <laughs> I have like eight tubos. That's what, what I, I was saying was, uh, like, we can work out a I'll trade. Take I'll take them. I'll take them. Okay. <laughs> we'll split them. <laughs> well, Bam, uh, hold on. Sorry. Yeah. Why is that such a problematic question for you? It is. Our job is to pick our preferences here. Yeah, well, there's 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 nuances in the cigar. If it's an older or younger cigar, it's the same 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 what same part thing. of the same so age is I said unclear. E2. I said E2. So what's okay. your problem with no, that? No, no, no. I was just going to go into the whole P2 thing, but forget about so it. So I, I do want to understand because um, I know these have been out since 2011. I know Puba's definitely smoked aged E2s, and I'm I'm assuming that Rooster has as well. Uh, you know, 2014, 2015, 2016. I have not. Mm. Um, I'm curious, how do aged E2s compare? You know, this is this is a box from December 2020. So these are like two and a half years old. How do these compare to cigars that you've had that are maybe it's four or five, six years? It's basically the same cigar, but it just kind of balanced flavors, smooth. Delivery is smooth. That's what it is. This like I, even on this one, I mean, there's no harshness on this. No, no, it, it, and there's some more pronounced. I think the, the, the ones that I've had, there's a little bit more pronounced um, flavor notes. You, you're just going to get a little bit more of that dessert flavor. You're going to get that, basically, that aged tobacco uh, feel. Where, where like on the light when you when you light it up, and then also down the stretch, you're like, whoa. Like yeah. this thing is really at at it's it's not going to get much better than so this. So is it a ten percent gain? Is it fifteen? Like is it twenty percent? Like how 20, much? Yeah, it's twenty. They're twenty percent better. Okay. Do you, do you think um, the construct? Well, do you think well, there's a couple? There's a lot of variables in this, but do you think a uh, smaller ring gauge cigar concentrates flavor or pronounces flavor more so than like a larger ring gauge cigar? The yes. flavor is in the wrapper. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it, no, it's not. That is not true. <laughs> We've debunked that. And I think it's I think it really comes down to the blend. I think you're yeah. looking at a, a cigar that when they blend this, a bigger ring gauge, they're trying to give you an hour and a half, really, really pleasurable smoke. They're not loading it up. They're not packing it too tight, like like we were saying. Probably why we're not getting plugged E2s or plugged, mm-hmm. you know, larger ring gauge cigars that come out of Havana. Which is a merit. There's just it's, less. That's there's less tobacco per. Yeah, th- you know, it's, this isn't a heavy nicotine. This isn't this isn't a heavy nicotine cigar. Where like in, the, I've had some pipe hitting 
eight nine eights. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Where you're, you, where you're like, this is a real pipe hitter, you know, um, uh, which is a merit in the cigar, especially when they've got age on them and you, it delivers a really, mm-hmm. you got to smoke them kind of slow, pair it up with the, with, with something appropriate and, and boy, are they fantastic. Right. But it's a different, it's a way different experience mm. than this. It's still I, the same DNA. I think Gizmo's answer to that question is for me the right one in the sense that like I don't know why but I feel like years ago I used to think that all large ring gauge cigars smoked one way and all small ring gauge cigars smoked another way and I don't think that's the case at all anymore like as I'm smoking this large ring gauge cigar which I as much as I love this cigar I don't smoke many 54 plus ring gauge cigars Mm -hmm. I mean honestly I have two in my humidor it's this and the QD 54 yeah that's it but other Toros and larger ring gauge cigars I've had, like some of them have concentrated flavor like this. Some of them I'm like sucking air trying yeah. to get flavor. Or it's yeah. muddled. And yeah. with smaller ring gauge cigars, some of them have concentrated flavors and others I feel like I'm sucking air a little bit. So for me, it's debunk this like they all, all of a certain shape or size smoke a certain way. I mm-hmm. think it really depends on the blend. And I think it goes back to our discussion around our trip to Havana where the, the the blending is really like the differentiator, right? Yeah. Like we're talking mm-hmm. about the same tobacco from the same region and it's the ratios and the blend and all of that. And so um, that's really, I think, what's decisive. Yeah, agreed. For me, this smoke, and it's it's kind of why I like the connoisseur, but, but why I really love the Upman 2. We all love the Upman 2, right? Of course. But the Upman 2 needs in my view just a little bit more time than the c2 this is a little bit lighter of a smoke that to mm-hmm. get to peak performance the it's it's really worth aging the upman too which to me ages up as a as a maybe a little bit more premium than this i mm. think the connoisseur um, a needs more time than the e2 yeah, yeah, yeah. You're That's you're fair. right, and they're you know you're they're right both fifty fours. You're totally right about both excellence. You're totally right about that. Uh, but but once once that once the because I consider a P two even though it's a torpedo a pretty it's a pretty healthy ring gauge cigar. Oh yeah. So so, but it also has the same. It has sim very similar characteristics to an Upman, but it's got that part the Upman too, but it's got a part of its DNA to it. And it performs in a similar fashion. It kind of gives you that a, a similar experience, but the Upman just needs a little more time. These P, these E twos seem to smoke a lot better when they're at young. two years, sure. two years old now, than maybe an Upman. So two these does. are these are three years old, and I think they're delicious, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's fantastic. It, it's really good. So here's the other thing that I think is important, and it kind of bridges every aspect of this discussion we're having, from Puba's uh, commenting on age. And, uh, you know, what Senator said about blending and our time in Havana. Uh, This is a two-part thing I kind of want to set up here. But number one, I've held off talking about the box code on this because these E2s were actually rolled at El Higuito. These Mm. are MAR December 2020s. Oh, yeah. So it kind of sets up a two-part thing. I want to start with specific to El Higuito, the E2s being rolled there and what we learned while we were there, but also moving into... The question of do box codes matter. matter that much to us anymore? So let's start with first, you know, the E2s at Eligito and what Danilo told us. Mm-hmm. And this is uh, going back to the Cuba episode, Cuba Part 2, 
that we did of our time there where we, we uh, spoke with the production manager of Cohiba and Ligito, Danilo, and uh, we were talking about blending and whatnot. We asked him because we were in one of the rooms and we saw a ton of E2 boxes sitting there. That's right. I mean, maybe 100, 200. Yep, yep, yep. I wanted to stuff them in a backpack. <laughs> I was sitting there salivating, my goodness. And Look. a lot of E2s come out of Legito. Yeah. Actually, I would argue maybe more than out of the Partagas factory or other uh, provincials. But it, It's interesting. Like our first trip, they mentioned that some Partagas are rolled in that factory, but we never got to, you wouldn't see any. Yeah. So it's on a second trip that we actually saw the inventory. And what was interesting was he was saying that you could, uh, maybe maybe a Senator can recap it better than I can, what he was saying about, you know, the wrapper leaf on an E2 might just been, might have been a Behike wrapper that just wasn't good enough for he a He did Behike. say that. Yeah. You know, it, the yeah, blends are certainly funny, different. The but. funny thing, actually, I'm glad you said that with the E2 especially. I mean, there's obviously a ton of variation in the the color of a lot of these wrappers on Cuban cigars. I mean, some boxes of D4s, they're as dark as can be. Others, they're as light as can be. But the E2 especially, I've had a lot of these cigars. The E2 tends to have a lighter wrapper than any of the other Alphabet Series yeah, parties. It's a Rosado. 100%. And I think, okay. like, to Gizmo's point, like, it's ironic to hear, like, actually a lot of these end up being rolled at El Aguido. Like, you think of Cohiba wrappers, like, they tend to be lighter. They're certainly not dark. And so I it's wonder if like you know, very interesting. This is a very it's a Rosado, very Rosado. Mm -hmm. Generally, I, I've seen, but uh, I've seen some lighter ones. I've seen darker but, ones. I have. I have yet because yeah. I haven't seen like I've seen some pretty dark d4s me too yeah. i just think oh, the, yeah. i think the variation yeah. what i'm saying is, is that you'll never e2, you'll never see an e2 as dark as a dark d4 that's, totally. that's what i'm saying yeah. that's this is the going. lightest of the alphabet this is series. true very true yeah it's always kind of a rosado mm. wrapper on these and i think you know there's something that they do and you know we don't know exactly what it is but there's something that they do to make these as good as they are all the time every time who knows what mm -hmm. it is? I, I just think it's an, an, an improvement in construction and quality control. And I think that this cigar, this box that, that Bam brought tonight from Legito is clearly, I mean, the wrappers are pristine. Sure. Which obviously, as we've discussed, is not an indication of how the cigar is going to smoke. It's really so, so catering a, to... It's more of, this is more of a, a limited, it's one of those cigars like an 898 that you just don't, mm. they come, they, they're not, yes, is it, it's part of the catalog, but it's it's almost it's almost a lim, it's almost a limit. It's not a limitada, but it, it's it's a limited regular you know, limited is, regular protection and, and, and what production cigar. what validates and proves that. So, like if you even just look at the I box, mean, right? They have that little insert that is like a lithograph. It's got yeah. like the it tells you what like the cigar the factory, is. All yeah, that. Yeah. The only part of cigars that have that, right? So, like the D four does not. Nope. The P two does great. not. Correct. The E2, for some reason, it's part of the alphabet series, but it has that special yeah. little insert. Lithography. What, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. What else has that? The Partagas Maduro Partagas has Maduros? that in it. That's right. Those are produced in a far more limited capacity than a D4 or a P2 is. And the funny thing is, is I think about every box of E2s I've ever had, I've never come across like a provincial factory code for these for no, some reason. No, it's always like Pargas Factory, Legito. <laughs> like it's one of the big That's ones. It. These fucking cigars are made downtown. <laughs> they're not. They're not on a farm outside of Havana. It's not happening. One. One interesting. I guess it's a question. So, it, if cigars that are made at Legito, 
as opposed to La Corona. You, I think there's a clear difference from when we took the trip to Cuba. The way they handle the cigar and the and the tobacco and the way they assemble it, the way they stretch the wrapper, to me, there's a difference. So it makes sense if this was rolled in the Cohiba factory that it's a higher quality cigar visually. Well, the question I have is the timing of this cigar, okay? And what I mean by that is this is not an informed, this is not a, a slyly informed thing. But what I'm curious about as I think about the Bahikes coming out in 2010, and then this cigar being released in 2011, mm -hmm. tied to what we know from what we saw in Cuba and what from Danilo said, the wrapper on an E2 might have just been a Bahike wrapper that's just not good enough for a 50, Bahike 54. Mm -hmm. That's not going to affect the blend that much. As we discussed, the Cuban wrapper accounts for very, very little of the flavor. That's right. But the look of Danilo it. Danilo said as much as 10%, less yeah. than yeah. that. Yeah, less that's than right. 10%. But the visuals on it. The visual. Matters. So what I'm wondering is the timing of this cigar versus Bihike versus what we know versus a lot of them being rolled at El Aguito. Mm -hmm. I'm just kind of throwing a hypothetical out there that that doesn't seem crazy to me that the timing of this is like, hey, we have all these wrappers. They're not quite good enough for Bihike. What are we going to do with them? We're rolling a lot of D4 and other partigas at this factory. What should we do with it? Huh. It seems practical sure. given that they waste nothing, that it could I, be. I'm just going to coin it. The E2 is the poor man's Bahike. <laughs> <laughs> the very poor man's Bahike, comparatively. Uh, <laughs> you know. Without the so, fact, yeah. so they he said less than 10% yeah. of flavor. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. that's so contrary to what you hear. We were all misinformed. Yeah. Yeah. Very. But, but so I, we, I, we I don't talk about this in the new No, no, no. So there's an important distinction because I was having a hard time, like Grinder is right now, reconciling that with New World cigars. And it was someone, I think it was Rooster, who was saying, that's true. We can buy that about Cuban cigars, right? Because the wrappers are all the same. They're all Habano wrappers. There, there's no like, there's a few Maduros, of course, but like mm. there's not the variation in wrappers like there the is. The seed in New is Worlds. all the same. Exactly, right? New Worlds are talking about a Mexican San Andreas, a Connecticut Broadleaf, uh, a Connecticut Shade. Like there's a zillion wrappers on New World cigars. And so Rooster was saying, like, that may not hold true with New World cigars because there is so many different wrappers. And so, yes, like, uh, Connecticut Broadleaf is going to smoke a whole lot different than like a standard Connecticut shade or yeah. something else. You would think. But with right. Cuban cigars, because they're all the same leaf, they're coming from the same region and place, mm -hmm. it is not a differentiator in terms of the flavor in these cigars. It's the blend that is the massive, massive yeah. differentiator. Yeah. The wrapper's just an afterthought. All right, so here's my next question with the, this whole thing, is as consumers, as smokers, do box codes... Do factory codes matter to you guys as much as maybe they did in the past? I'll start by saying I'm not nearly as concerned with box codes now, um, especially since, let's say, 2018, 2019. I am not as concerned if they're made in a mother factory versus in a provincial as I would be buying cigars that are significantly aged. I'm curious what the rest of you guys think. Yeah, I agree with I you. I mean, to me, to me, it's more about the, the date. Yeah on the box, you know, as opposed to what factory it was made. Mm -hmm. But it, it is a bonus if it's out of the Legito factory. Sure. Yeah. yeah, I think I'm somewhere in the middle. I, I think for me, I'm now more conditioned to to judge based on actually how the cigars look. Like it was very illuminating for us to sit there in Havana and understand that like you buy this this box of cigars that maybe is from El Legito, 
but it can be rolled by 15 different people, the cigars that are in there. They're just, all the rollers are rolling them and then they're just color matching them. So it's not like one or two people rolled everything in that box. So for me now, I'm more looking at how they appear, how the construction looks and how, you know, my odds are that most, if not all are going to smoke really well than I am like just implicitly assuming because of a code that they're all going to be great because yeah, there could be not a bad, a, not a great roller. That but the attention to detail at the Legito factory, you know, I think that might be. The uh, well, that's why I say I'm in between because yeah. I won't lie. Like some of my best boxes in terms of how they smoke just happen to be like Legito. I want to hear what Puba. I want to hear what Puba has to say. Well, this I, is interesting. Well, I agree. I mean, if it's Partagas or a Legito, the odds are you're going to get a pretty well constructed cigar. Um, does it matter? I think it matters a little. I mean, it, and, and I think it also when you're when you're talking about um, cigars that you've that you've smoked in in certain runs, going back to <clears throat> when Rob when Rob Isla came on the, the podcast, um, I think what he said, I would echo you know his commentary in mm -hmm. terms of in terms of these these runs. So if you're looking at at at, at picking up a box. Um, not necessarily vintage even, but, no. but, you know, something on the secondary market, maybe it's two years old, maybe it's three years old, maybe it's whatever. Um, maybe it's seven years old, whatever it is. If you've smoked that cigar before, yeah, very oftentimes you're going, mm, that was the part of part mm -hmm. factory, El Legito, mm, pretty good, pretty, pretty good. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, do I think it matters? Um, a little is it you know does it disqualify um you know other other box codes no way because some of those provincial factories have we've all smoked those those boxes from the, they're good yeah. yeah so like i you know there's 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 i don't think that there's a there's a binary kind of i i think i think decision things... about this if you know if you know what you've had it before and you've had a run of that Go for it. I, I think one of the I think it's trial and error, really. But Elegido and Partagas, I mean, you can't deny it. No, you can't. Right? I, I think one of the things that's that's illuminating to me, hearing your stories about Cuba and, you know, just the having a firsthand view of the operations, is that so much is predicated on personnel. Yep. Right. So like you have to you have to think about at what, that particular time period. Hold, mm -hmm. You have to think about like what where are the best people? Where are the best rollers? Right? Is it what part of the country are you know? Are they going to be located in a metropolitan area? Or are they going to be located on the fringe? Like, so well, it doesn't matter where they're located. It's what factory they work at. Well, That's right. well these yeah, people yeah. travel hours to That's work. True. That's true. Well, yeah. So you know, and and what is attracting them to certain factories over others? And then what are the business decisions of you know Habanos? Because I have an interesting one for you. You look at, if you look at any of these Sir Winston boxes that any of us have or have smoked, none of them have come out of the Upman factory. They all come out of one or two, I think it's two, provincials pretty far out. Wow. No Sir Winston boxes come out of I didn't know that. Upman. Hmm. So what's interesting is, is like, okay, is there a pair of people that their only job all day long, every day is to roll Sir Winston's, Unlikely. if they have, but sorry, if they did have anybody those know this? This is no, shocking. No, I didn't know that. It's true, but it's also highly unlikely they have two people assigned to it. I'm just no, I know. Hypoth I'm but I know. this is crazy to yeah. me. Like yeah. I, it honestly is upsetting to me. Yep. 
Right, like Upman has a factory. You would think so just here, like here's you my know, there's a reason Cohiba's out of Legito. Like they're like, this is where the best people we're gonna have roll the finest mm-hmm. Cohiba cigars. The Sir Winston is arguably the best cigar. Yeah, that, I, I would have been makes. Like, why I would, would they not the have people there making? That's so weird. Maybe it's the size of the cigar, the certain Vitola that certain rollers in that factory are, are subject. They're expertise. They're experts in that. I'm mm-hmm. compa- my comparison goes to what we know about Padron with the uh, eighty year uh, mm-hmm. from the nineteen twenty six series, where there's one woman that rolls every single one of those cigars, and if she doesn't come to work that day. None of those cigars are rolled. So maybe maybe there's a human being or two or five that are at that specific area that work out of that specific factory, and that's mm-hmm. what they make. Because the other thing, too, is 50 cabs of Lucy's from Partagas, most of those don't come out of the Partagas factory. They also come out of a provincial. It's unlikely. But they do that, make them at the They Partagas do make some at the Partagas factory. A lot of the dress boxes come out of there, but, but not the, uh, in not Cuba, the 50 cabs. the likelihood that that's true is very low. Because but we don't so, know. It's so arbitrary. And it's like Puba said, you get runs for the listener. I'm a fairly novice Cuban guy, but I know to identify a good run, you have to smoke prior to that run to identify what a new, a new run or a good run is. You have to know what that is. But for those cigars to be incredible at a one factory and, and not so good at another, it's Cuba being Cuba, really is what it is. Yeah. You know? So for me, the only you know the only thing that I will say is that cigars that they make a ton of, D fours, Monte fours, mm-hmm. you know those I try to get closer to the mother factory if I can, you know because they're just making so so many of them. So what you're saying, I, box codes matter. Exactly. <laughs> the, my exception is on, on really some of the high run stuff. I want mother factory. Okay. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. <clears throat> and even when you look at the Lucy's, there, there's 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 variability. Yep. There's a lot of variability in in those cabinets. You get some good ones, and you get some ones that are just bummers. Um, Can I ask a technical question of all of you guys? So where does one go to identify where a box code comes from, what factory that it's from? It's a fair question. I mean, some of the information is on some of the forums. Like if you go to FOH, there's various threads about box codes. And unfortunately, they're, they lag, you know. So there's some box codes right now that people aren't quite sure which codes are for which provincials. The mother factories are very, very clear. But the, provin- the provincials lag probably a year or two until people are actually in Cuba going out to these distant factories and seeing those codes being stamped on those boxes. So they lag. But for a historical record of it, you can find those on the various forums. FOH is a great resource for that. Um, I have a document myself I've shared a few times on there. So, you know, maybe that's something I'll, I'll make a nicer version of it because it looks like it was taken. That would be a great idea. You know, through a potato, the photo's so bad. Um, you can barely read some of the letters on it. So maybe I'll make a better one and share it. But that's, um, that's, that's the status right now. I, I will say on box codes, I think a few years ago, all of us in this room were fairly militant about box codes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I do think that there has been a bit of an evolution, and and I think it's good. It's like us learning. Like I, I certainly was militant about box codes. I mean, honestly, most of the stuff I have that I hold in some esteem, they're they're from mother factories. But visiting Havana and just our experience sometimes with like you get a random box and you're like, wow, these are really good. And mm-hmm. this is some random provincial factory. I think for us now, we're realizing that like the difference is not as decisive as we maybe once thought 
and is more marginal where like sometimes you can get lucky and have a great box of cigars out of some random provincial factory you've never heard of. Um, and so for me, it's kind of, it's opened my horizons a bit more and I'm looking more at how the cigar looks and feels than I am like, oh my God, it's got this coat on it. So that's the only reason I'm going to yeah, make that totally. decision. Totally. And I, I, I totally, I'd echo what you're saying and, and, and what Giz was saying. And, and, and if you're in the market, if you're in the market um, and you're looking around in forums, whether it's on FOH or whatever, it it, it, it is a good thing to look at what the esteemed kind of box codes and years and in runs are yep um because it does that you know those are established it tracks. Kind of, yeah tracks it's like established um uh kind of consensus in terms of in especially when you're talking about like stuff with a little bit of age on it that's so, the key point so, yes. so 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 the the and if you go on these forums um for the listener you will be able to find uh, what Gizmo was talking about, some of these historical, but because they change, so they change generally about once a year, right? So they're always changing. So to have these codes is a good thing. It just gives you a little bit more information, so you can make more of an informed choice if you're on Bon Roberts, um, and, and and you're looking for something special and you want to buy something special. Certainly, um, that can be a differentiating factor, and it'll be reflected, by the way, um, in the price. Yes. So you you will see a box of Sir Winston's or you'll see a box of um, E2's or you'll see a box of, of D4, anything Th- that with a different code and a different date that yeah, comparatively will, that, to something yeah, of a that similar will go age. for a similar age yes. that will go for a higher premium. So yeah. you could have a, bo- a, a, a something that's a little bit younger go um, for a little bit more because it's out of Elegido because it's out of Elegido yeah. and that's established, right? It's established by the, it, by consensus. So, but why is that? Why are they changing it every year? So I, so I'm, I'm imagining that you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. That there's fact, they're not. It's not like they're building new factories. So, am I right? I can answer that question very clearly. Habanos doesn't want anyone judging their purchase based on the factory it came out of. So the reason why they change them every year is internally they mark them with the codes, but they keep changing them to try to distract the consumer from being able to track it and follow it so that you know you're not dismissing stock that maybe was sent to one retailer in favor it something that was sent to another retailer that has a box code that you prefer i think that is certainly the case but i think that the the general hobby this the lifestyle the folks that are pretty deep in it are kind of in line with us in that the box codes are mattering less right now because the cigars are coming out really well. Well, that mm-hmm. that's the operative thing. I don't know that we've like put enough of a fine point on this. Puba was saying like especially if you're looking at boxes from with some age on them. I think we've all talked about how in the last few years the quality has noticeably improved. Sure. Right. We sat down with Osmar and some of these guys who are the director generals of these factories who have done an amazing job of ensuring better quality control. And so I think like in recent years, it's not as important, the box code, because the focus on quality is so widespread now in a way that in some years it was not. And so I think as you go back, like to Pua's point with some age, you know, you're buying a box from 10 years ago. It may be in a time period where there were a lot of problematically rolled cigars coming out of Cuba. And so you really want to know where your odds are highest that that box is going to be good. So in those instances, especially 
is where I would actually say I'd put more of a premium on the box code. But for recent stuff in the last several years, doesn't matter. I think that's where you're able to, you know, be a little looser in, in you, correct. The and codes. the jury's not out a little bit on some of those and it's fine. I mean, it's totally fine. I, th I think, yeah, I would echo that sentiment. Yeah. Totally. I, so here's the thing I would say. And again, maybe I'm the sole dissenter in the room. Really? But check this out. I'm also a discerning buyer on the secondary market or tertiary market, I guess, on Bond Roberts. When I see old stuff go up that's complete or partial, I'm very, very curious about why. What do you mean complete or partial? That's a separate They sell issue. partial boxes. Oh, but yeah, what yeah, I'm yeah. totally yeah, separate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 it's and not. We agree on this. What I'm saying is that I'm also concerned at times why that seller is selling the box. Yeah. Is it not a great code? Is it not great quality? Did they experience something bad in that box? I I am very, very um, cautious. So mm. I, I agree 100%. I, I've said this a thousand times. I, I This is a fact. In my entire life I've smoked cigars, I have never once bought a partial box that anyone has posted hmm. on any site. I've hmm. said this to everyone in this room, and I'm not saying I, I'm right. I'm just saying this is my opinion. I'm sure that there are guys in this room that have bought partial boxes that have been great. Yeah. It's just not something I want to do. For exactly the reason Gizmo just said there, to me, any box of cigars I have, if I've tried one and smoked it and it's damn good, I'm not mm -hmm. going to sell the box. Exactly. So sure. I have a hard time purchasing from someone who's smoked one, clearly, sure, if there's sure. a cigar yeah. or two missing, why they would sell I'm it. Just, but to me, yeah. that's independent of the code, though, because even if it's a Legito code and a guy is selling it, after smoking five of them and doesn't want the rest, I'm still not buying that box. So mm. that's why I'm saying to me they're separate issues. Yeah, yeah, but what he's saying, yes, you're right. And I completely <laughs> agree what he's saying is that there's certain guys who buy two boxes. That's exactly <laughs> it. That's what he's saying. That's what I'm so saying. So there's certain guys who, so what his suspicion is, there's guys who buy two boxes, right? And then they, they get through it and they go, oh, well. I got to get I'm, rid of that other I'm one. Gonna get, I'm going to get rid of these other one or these other five. Oh, maybe man. that they, yes. well, maybe that they, maybe that they picked up. So yes. again, it, I think it goes back to what we've said a million times. If it's too good to be mm -hmm. true. It's usually it too is. good to be true. It's usually yes. too good to be true. Yes. Interesting. So it just adds another complex layer of this mm -hmm. incredible hobby of ours. What do you What do you guys think? Of this? I don't have much cigar left to smoke. Yeah, I'm, but I'm it's, coming to the end. It's here. still incredible, though. Phenomenal. Cigar, I just I just want to add something to the previous uh, what we were talking about. I think since 2020, we have really seen the quality in 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 the cigars. I, I think mean, 2018. 18, yeah, yeah. Nice. 19, 2019, yeah, those cigars from 19 that we were getting in late 20, they were great. Yeah. They were the they were they the were last, dialed the last in three to four years for me. Been. The most noticeable was the Monty 2 2018. That, that from and the older 2016s, they weren't smoking that great. A lot of them were plugged, but 2018 on, they've been pristine. Yeah, yeah. I've never had great luck with Monty's. We know that. <laughs> No, I think uh, you know. I think that the none Ramas, of us really smoke Montes that much. I think the I think the Ramas, that's not true. We love the Montes, man. I smoke really? a lot of Montes. Oh, yeah. He smokes tons of Montes too. He smokes tons. I love. I'd like, I like to have a good one because when they're good, they're great. I'll they give are you a great. Good one. This is burning my fingers right yeah. now. Yeah, but I, you can't put it down though, can I, you? I uh, <laughs> I am. I, I really enjoyed this cigar tonight. Yeah, I have to say the final third. The thing I love about the E two. I talked about how it's firmly medium all the way through, but it does pick up a bit in strength up, in the yeah. final third. A bit. It's and it does cool, it in right? a very nice way. Yeah. And not aggressive. Yeah. And I love that. And That's going right. back to the construction comment and the blending comment on this specific cigar, what I like in the last third is with everything you just said, it 
but it doesn't get hot. It doesn't, the smoke doesn't start getting, you know, that it has that, that tingly burn that's not pleasurable that some cigars have really mm-hmm. close to the end. The way that the cigar was blended in that last third maintains the, the pleasure of the smoke you know, from the start and Absolutely. just increases the strength a little bit. Fantastic. Yeah. You nub this thing. Yeah. 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 Excellent. <laughs> yeah, it's super. So are you guys ready to I can't I can't pronounce the name of this beer. I'm a gang. Hennepin. I'm a gang. Dougal Goggin. What is that called? <laughs> <laughs> are you guys ready to like do the formal liquor rating on the Dumagoggin? Omagang? Yes. Omagang Hennepin. There you go. All right. We are. Bam bam, you're up. So I've been begging Senator for a long time. <laughs> yes. To bring he this, had to say that, by the way. I have to bring this beer in because I've, I've been very curious about it. I went on a website. I, I, I know that feeling. Well. I, do you? Oh, <laughs> don't even go there. I love this beer. It's a revelation of, I, I'm not a Belgian beer drinker, but this is a complex, delicious beer. And the, the flavor, the, the dessert notes that I'm getting on the finish, it's a beautiful long finish for me. It's fantastic. Am I going to give it a 10 for a beer? I got to give it a 10. All right. Love 10 it. for beer. I mean, there is nothing wrong with this in it from beginning to end. I can pound four of these and go home and go to bed. Grinder. Uh, I'm giving it a seven. What? Whoa. Wow. Oh, my God. Why well, that's that a surprising bit? score. Yeah, but he's, he's like a he's like a beer, he's guy. a beer guy. Yeah, but you got, I, so you got I cut his mic. I, he's a German <laughs> beer, guy. beer guy. That's what kills him. So I lo- I love beer. He's a beer I love, guy. I love Belgian beer. My favorite beers are Belgian beers. So I immediately I, I'm always gonna love this beer. You're always drinking lagers. I feel like. But I'm but I'm on a lo- I am on a pilsner lager kick, and um, I'm drinking a lot of pilsners. Um, so that's that's my current flavor profile but nonetheless this is a great beer i think seven's a great score i don't know why you're lambasting i think, my I think score. grinder's going under review <laughs> <laughs> lizard review i'm on right. a i'm on a pip i'm on a pip <laughs> pagoda sure it's an eight for me i, th- I thought it tastes slightly better um when it uh, g- got closer to room temperature i think when it was really cold it was slightly different i preferred it when it became a little bit more uh you know, a bit warmer. Is um, it? Is this a beer you'd reach for over like a Boddington's? No. Yeah. No. So for me, well, like I have so beers. many other beers that beers. I love. They're different beers. Yeah. Totally I different love. Beers. They're different beers. Yeah. But I know. I know they're totally different. That doesn't. That doesn't change my. It doesn't change. My, I don't have different ratings for different st- styles of beer. It's how much I love that beer. Like some shine more than others, and I would reach for so many other beers over this. Okay. No, but it's a great beer. I think it's a great score. All right. Yeah. Senator, Senator, anything right. eight and over is a great score. Yeah. Before I give my rating, I just want to very emphatically say uh, there are different beers for different times, just like there are different cigars for different times. So, like, I say this all the time. You know, we, we'll compare, let's say, certain champagnes, and guys will say, like, well, I would reach for this over that. And when they are not at all similar, when they are very different, I try to remind us that, like, they're not competing for the same space, right? To like have at the same time. Like one champagne is a lot fuller and is meant to actually be paired with food. Another is much lighter and meant to just be like an aperitif or something like that. So I would just say, um, like, I don't like the Boddington. Boddington's to me is nowhere near like the no, same occasion not, you not, would have no. this. Those it's are not very complex at all. Right. They're totally different. For occasion. me, Boddington's like you want to just pound some beers, wonderful, smooth, drinkable, great beer. I love Boddington's. I have no complaints there. 
but I would have pair this with like a more, you know, like a cigar with some really good flavor like this has, or just something that I'm um, not going to drink in as much aggressive quantity. Okay. Well, uh, in that so, case, I would, I would rate seven other Belgian beers over this. That's fine. I, yeah. Okay. Again, you, you yeah, have that's your score. fine. Can you imagine champagne with the C2? Oh, it's <laughs> excellent. Where's your saber? <laughs> like you're talking champagne, I want now. <laughs> Poop I want now. <laughs> so, so bully and bully. What's, what's the expression? So um, as far as the beer rating goes, though, uh, I would give it a nine. I think uh, this is one of the closest American-made beers to any like great Belgian Cezanne or, or just Belgian beers generally. I love what Oma Gang does, um, and I think they do have a very serious commitment to quality. So for me, this slots in in a number of different places and times, and I do really like the pairing with this cigar. I do too. So for me, this, this beer was a real revelation. I don't know much about beer, as we know. I don't drink a lot of beer. I found this to be really enjoyable with the cigar tonight. I thought it was it, per, it paired perfectly with the cigar, um, and I absolutely would reach for it. I don't have the knowledge that you guys do about this, certainly Grinder, but um, this is definitely a nine for me. I can't wait to get you some more Belgian beer. Then. <laughs> Puba. I, I mean, I don't have. <laughs> this is hard for me. I mean, I don't really have a reference point. I know, you're it, in retirement. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm like I'm like a retired beer drinker. I mean, so for me, you know, like. I don't know. It's an eight, I, I guess. I mean, it's really good. Uh, I, I don't drink enough beer to really be able to do this well. So I would just, I mean, I'd give it, you know, it's an eight for me. And that's kind of just. I mean, even that's praise. You don't drink yeah. a lot of beer and it sounds like that's something you enjoy. Yeah, yeah, I, I t totally. I mean, it's, it's so that's my ranking, but I, I don't really, <laughs> I don't really much of a point of reference because I don't drink beer often enough. So the formal liquor rating on the Omegang Hennepin is an 8.5. That's a good score. That's, That's a perfect That's a score. score. I'm great. glad I gave it a 10 because I think it would have brought that number down. An eight. What is it? Eight. 8.5. Perfect score. Agree. On there, the nose. There's something nourishing about this beer. I can nestle in at the North Lounge <laughs> with this beer and a cigar and have a fantastic time alone without any of you guys in the room. Love what, it. What are you trying to say? Well, I'm just, you know, I'm just saying. Jesus. The feeling's mutual. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just, I'm just saying, if you guys didn't want to hang out and I'm with the beer, the beer's my friend. All right, great. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to, uh, to further expand the beer palette of Hismo. On, Let's do it. This, I would like. I'm that. ready. You're gonna. We're gonna do some Lachouf. We're gonna do. We're gonna do some fucking. Just let's get some stuff I can pronounce. Okay. <laughs> you can't say Lachouf. 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 Chimay. Chimay. We may. Lachouf. All right, boys. It's time to do our formal lizard rating on the Particus Series E number two. Rooster, you're up. I'm gonna give it a nine. It's a. It's a perfect Cuban cigar. Quintessential Cuban flavors. Medium bodied, but so much cedar and uh, like wonderful flavors, you know, kind of like a D4, but minus that, that spicy and not a lot of cinnamon either, but it's, it's, it's a great cigar. Great smoke. Yeah. Puba. Yeah, yeah I agree. I'm going to echo that. I, 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 is it, you know, I can't rate, I can't rank it. I, I can't give it a 10. Again, you know, echo what everybody's the sentiment here. It's it's really it's wonderful, it's fantastic. It 
it, it slot it can slot into so many places and, and the construction the burn the performance of the cigar the satisfaction you get out of it all the way through is just wonderful I mean, it's one of the better cigars yeah. in this ring gauge yeah, yeah. It, it's one of the better it's one of the better cuban cigars i think period agreed so my i'm also at a nine for sure and like i said despite what i said about size and not reaching for it all the time because i don't reach for 54 plus I don't really reach for anything. That's actually 52. a high score from you. It's but for what it is mm-hmm. in its size for tonight, for tonight, for the cigar out of that box from Legito, it's absolutely a nine. And to you know to go back to what you guys were just saying, I mean we're starting moving out of the the Lanceros and the and the the Lonsdales, and we're moving into bigger range, uh, bigger ring gauge cigars, especially for Cubans. We're going to do the Connoisseur A soon, and some other fifty four ring gauge plus. So. You know, I think this is a great starting point for that. This is certainly a benchmark for Cuban 54 plus. Um, so we'll see how it goes. But so would you rate a P to a 10? I also rated that an eight or a nine. I think depending on what the experience was for that specific cigar. But I think you give it a nine. I think I give it a nine. Yeah, yeah. All right, Senator. Um, for me, this is my favorite 54 ring gauge cigar. Um, uh, there's no glaring flaw in this cigar. Um, for what it is, I'm also in lockstep, honestly, with the other lizards uh, that rated this before me. I'm at a nine. Um, I think Puba said if he could give decimals, he'd go a bit above that. I would too. I can't give it a 10 only because for the flavor profile that I typically chase, I would want a little bit more. Um, and I I don't think that this cigar is wildly complex that is deserving of a 10, but it is a damn strong nine and um i mean man just the construction the flavor the combustion i mean truly i i hope for any listener if you like anything partagas makes and you haven't had an e2 it is impossible that you will not like this cigar and please pick a day that you really want to immerse yourself in just a cigar and smoke there is no better combustion out of a Cuban yeah, cigar you for can, me. You can disappear in a cloud of smoke on this guy. Yep. No doubt. Pagoda. It's a, a very, very strong nine. Uh, a couple of years ago, I was in Montreal and went to one of those, uh, I guess, the LCDH store, and I picked an E2. Um, it's just one of the cigars I'm very comfortable with. Uh, it's an excellent cigar. And uh, like you said, like it's like quintessential Pathagas. Awesome. Grinder. Uh, it's a 10 for me. Wow. Um, wow. There you go. Love this, it. All I, right. I, I use the expression revelation. I, for me, this is, this hit, I, I, there's a flavor profile that I seek and that I enjoy. And this was it plus. And um, I don't think, I, I'm trying to think, I, you know, I've never had the cigar. And, and for me right now, this is, top tier honestly awesome. like everything about it i just Agreed. love totally. i want to buy those respect bro it's like it's great it's i'm so not good. surprised totally I, I when we when we were coming in this i didn't know if you had it or not but i was definitely feeling like this was right in your power alley yeah mm-hmm. for sure yep bam bam i'm also going with a 10 wow um i haven't had this in a very very long time and you know there's two boxes sitting in my tower i just found tonight for what it is I try really hard not to compare it to other cigars. I know it's impossible to do. Early on when we were recording, we've talked about this a bunch of times. I'm trying to rank a cigar for tonight and how it's doing tonight with the pairing. It's a perfect pairing. Perfect. 
they both went together beautifully. Ten. All right. Ten, ten minutes. Yeah. So the formal lizard rating on the Partagas Series E number two is a 9.3. Dude. That is right. excellent. And I think that that's like spot on. So Elite. what's funny about that 9.3 coming out, I think we've said it a thousand times, that the formal lizard rating is never wrong. And I think that you guys probably would have put it at a 93, 94 based on your comments. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would have sure. probably been at a 91, 92. Yeah. Um, and obviously you guys are, you know, uh, uh, up on the higher echelon. Of those but the composite number makes sense. 93, I think, is a perfect it score. It makes sense. Per- perfect score for this yeah. cigar. The one thing with this cigar, someone mentioned it earlier, you can pick it up in the spring or summer. For me, this is more of a holiday time cigar because of the ring gauge and the amount of time that you can spend with it. I tend to prefer this in the fall. And I look at all of my cigars that way. I kind of categorize them as to when I want to smoke them during the year, to a degree. This, for me, is is that type of a cigar. For me, personally, that's just me. I think I think the ranking's really nice. Yeah, it is. Yeah, because yeah. it it's it, it to me it slots just like under under a, pre, a premium up and two, and that what ranked very high nine eight nine eight so i mean i think that nine, yeah so you know this is uh that's high praise yeah the, the only I, I just in closing i think you know what senator said it's just, it, it 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 doesn't lack anything it's like the greatest experience ever but there's just there could be just like maybe that little smidge of a little bit more yeah do you know what i mean um but and I think boy it's oh boy, it's 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 we're splitting hairs a little. Mm. Yeah. Which is why also for me, I mean, Bam brought brought up seasons. I actually my ideal time to smoke this cigar is like the spring, the spring, yeah, and even the summer. And I say in that because summer. it's wow. firmly medium. There's wow. nothing yeah. full medium. in this cigar. So no, for me, true. in the fall, I want something with fuller flavor. Like a P two actually for me slots in more in the fall. Um, that is more robust. You know, Puba says it's got more Lijero. You taste it in that cigar. Uh, but what I do love about it is the combustion is so tremendous that, like, after a long day in the fall, you you will see me. I've been at our North Lounge on a fall, even a winter night, bro. And I just want a lot of smoke, and I'll light one of these up, and it's so satisfying. End of the, end of the day, this thing lights up. It gives. I mean, any day, three hundred sixty-five days a year, seven days a week, and twice on Sunday. I think. I think we'd all agree. Yeah, we are. It's a winner. We're splitting hairs. I think, but I think that I think that you know, to your point about about it maybe needing a little more. I think this is a very intentional blend. I think it's very intentionally medium. It has the Partagas DNA. I think it does exactly what it was designed to do, which is certainly not always the case with uh, with with Habanos. Um, Partagas has a higher batting average for sure versus some of the other markers. But you know, this was a great cigar tonight, boys. What a smoke! Awesome cigar! Awesome! Great cigar! All right, so an 8.5 for the Amagang Hennepin Beer and a 9.3 for the Cuban Partagas Series E number two. What a great night, boys. What a smoke. What a smoke. Bravo. (laughs) Very rarely do we clap. All right, everybody. We'll see you next week. Keep smoking. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Thanks for joining us. You can find our merch store and ratings archive at our brand new website, loungelizardspod.com. That's loungelizardspod.com. Don't forget to leave us a rating and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you have any comments, questions, if you want to reach out, say hello, tell us what you're smoking, email us, hello at loungelizardspod.com. You can also find us on Instagram, at loungelizardspod. We really appreciate your time, and we'll, uh, we'll see you next week.